Hey networkers, it's Adam again. This episode of the Pilot Network Podcast is not meant to be any legal, financial, or tax advice. So don't listen to a word we say when it comes to that. However, it is two pilots' opinions on what's going on in the state of the economy and also a little bit of real estate guidance, I guess, opinions, stuff that we've done, stuff that we've done poorly. Uh, it's my quarterly recording with uh, uh, Tate from Turbine Capital. Uh, Tate Derrier is a pilot at Hawaiian Airlines who started his own uh investment syndication called turbine cap i invest with them i think highly of tate and his whole team and i think you should take a look at it to see if it's something that interests you with the passive income possibilities that are out there in real estate also as a tidbit and how we opened the show was tate is uh talks a little bit about the hawaiian alaskan merger that has just recently been announced and the fact of the matter is the only guarantee in aviation is that things will always change. Don't bet on the career being perfect for from the day you start to the day you finish. Just just keep that in mind for all you newbies out there. Otherwise, uh, it was a fun fun chat. Tate and I are good friends, so when we get a chance to chat uh, just via this medium, because he lives in Honolulu and I do not, it's our chance to catch up and actually see each other face-to-face, albeit uh, from, what, 5,000 miles away. Anyways, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Tate. Now, on to the good stuff. Tate, welcome back. I guess we're making it happen, the quarterly uh, the quarterly the conversation. quarterly conversation. I'm, I'm uh, honored to be here. Thanks for having me, uh, having me on again. Nice to see you, Adam. Oh, yeah. Always good seeing you too, man. It's been a minute. I've been trying to get that, uh, that, that Honolulu trip that's uh, uh, avoided my elusive. schedule. Um, yeah, elusive. Well, some of it's my own fault, but uh, some of it was uh, was just you know the the roll of the dice and not not having service there anymore. But speaking of Honolulu, let's instead of jumping into real estate, let's jump into something that uh, that maybe a little bit more uh, uh, right in your face right True. now. Uh, a certain merger that's happening between Alaska Airlines and Hawaiian. What what is your take as a line guy? Well, I can tell you that uh, that was not how I expected to wake up on Sunday. Um, everyone was completely caught off guard. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a shock. I woke up to, you know, 15 text messages and all the news and, and people were kind of freaking out. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's hard. It's, 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 it's emotional. You know, I think that, um, you know, pe- and, and for those of you who don't know, Tate's background is he is a pilot yes. for Hawaiian. 13 That's, years. So just so you yeah, know. 13 years. Yeah, 13 I just finished. Years. Uh, He's not a Nearly six years of tenure as a line check airman on the A320, 321, which is the only variant we have. <clears throat> Headed back to, <clears throat> heading back to the wide body uh, in January. Really excited about that. Um, can't wait to get back on the, on the wide body into the international flying. And um, yeah, I, I, I would challenge anyone that, that um, you know, if this was to happen to you, you know, it... it uh, it will surprise you. I think it would surprise you how how uh, how attached you are to your brand and your your airline. And um, even if even if you you know complain about it all the time, I think that sure. um, you know as as aviators and as 
aviation professionals we we get attached to to these brands and so i can't imagine how hard it was you know for for some of the previous airlines uh you know allegheny and and twa and and some of those really bad mergers uh that that yeah. must have just been brutal but um yeah this was this was quite the shock uh i have to say there's a lot of questions um you know we are a you know i did the math the other day and we're we're 57 percent wide body uh via our latest, latest vacancy bid 57 percent of our fly, flying is on the wide body so so to be bought by a narrow body carrier is uh, is kind of tough uh we're sort of looking at okay how is this seniority list integration going to work because we we obviously mm -hmm. have much different career expectations than they do um a lot of a lot of questions right but you know what at the end of the day i mean it's it's i suppose better than financial insolvency um i think that we were on a very nice track a very nice trajectory we, we'd kind of come out of the woods there were uh some things that that happened outside of hawaiian airlines control uh over the last few years you know the state shut down uh, our main landing runway eight left for for over a year which knocked us out of the dot rankings mm -hmm. for for number one airline we dropped way down that list um you know the tragic fires in in maui hurt us the slow the very slow recovery of the japan market but i feel like we were kind of out of the woods and we took on a ton of initiatives with the 787 starlink internet uh rewriting our fom from scratch basically with a with the help wow. of a third-party consultancy firm uh we took our a330 maintenance in-house from delta uh i mean we've just done uh, a ton at the airline to to sort of mature and to set ourselves up for success in the future and we've been going toe-to-toe -to -toe with southwest who moved in very aggressively so uh, it's, um, it's been emotional. It's been, uh, it's been hard to, to see that all of that hard work might just be dusted and, and just steamrolled under. So, but at the end of the day, um, you know, this is the airline industry and this is what we've all known. You know, if, if you are yeah. an aspiring pilot who doesn't have an uncle or a dad or, uh, an aunt or a mother who was in this industry, um, and you grew up around it, you may not be fully in tune with you know the age-old wisdom that hey this is the airlines you know it's very cyclical the good times are good the bad times are are bad and nothing is for sure nothing is for sure nobody thought pan am or twa were going anywhere no one thought uh you know that 9-11 was going to happen so you know this is this is why i have been such a staunch uh investor and student of real estate since the very beginning because of its power to, to produce passive income and wealth. And the more passive income that I have, the less bothered I will be uh, in, in a negative outcome situation, right? Because I have the freedom, right. I, have, I have the financial security and the financial freedom to care just a little bit less. And so this, yeah. is, this is why we have our podcast, Passive Income Pilots, this is why we have our private equity firm, Turbine Capital, which helps aviation professionals start diversifying their portfolio outside of the stock market, which can be very cyclical, just like the airlines, into stable, cash-flowing real estate assets that have great tax benefits. So it, it just goes to further reiterate, you know, um, you know, my belief system. And um, so we've been very focused, you know, after sort of the dust settled, after a couple of days of, of – uh, you know, 
going through kind of a roller coaster of emotions uh, after that announcement. Uh, we just refocused on the business and set out some really fun and ambitious strategic goals for 2024. And uh, we're really excited with uh, with everything moving there. And and hopefully the merger will will end up being a good thing for everybody. So we'll see. Yeah, you know it's uh, interesting that you bring up um, the past of mergers that didn't go well or just places that no longer exist. I had a instructor back when I was at Atlas um, and this dude, uh, Ben was his name and he was an older guy and he started his career. And I don't remember exactly the order, but he, uh, he started his career at, I believe it was Braniff mm-hmm. and Braniff, he was told, Hey, welcome to the millionaires club. And a year later he was out on the street. Then he got hired by Eastern. Again, I'm not sure the order of this and same same line, welcome to Millionaires Club, out on the street in, in, I think, less than a year. And then he got hired by Pan Am. And then Pan Am went under, and he basically uh, threw in the towel with passenger carrier airlines. And a buddy of his had him come over to Atlas when they started up. And he went there in the early 90s. And, uh, and he, he had a friend of his uh, from United say, hey, dude, come on over. And he goes, nope. I'm done. He goes, I've heard it too many times. He goes, I got a job. It's pretty stable. Uh, Atlas actually has been a really stable company for a really long yeah. time and was just saying, you know, I'm, I'm done chasing that brass ring. And you mentioned something about kind of diversification, not only in your portfolio, but outside of your portfolio, like life in general, diversify yourself. So when, when the bad times are bad, and for those of you who are new to this industry, military uh, folk who are transitioning out of the military, people who are young, um, there will be bad times. Be. It's going to happen again. Yep. It will, it's a, it, it's the only guarantee in aviation is, uh, things don't go on wonderfully forever. It, it's just like, uh, the market downturns of post nine 11, 2008, nine and 10, um, the pandemic, uh, situation and recovery from that. There's, that's the guarantee, right? right. There is no other guarantee out there. And one of the things that I've started to do is, is, by hooking up with you and, and learning a lot more about not only real estate investment passively through a place like Turbine Capital, but also in my own world, which we've talked about uh, offline about what what should I do? Because I, I had questions about that just in my own world, um, which we can get to some other time. What What's taking that macro 35,000 foot view and boiling it down to quarter by quarter or, and that's kind of what we're doing with these little quarterly chats is what's going on right now that, that you see that people can take uh, opportunity uh, or, or advantage of, and then also uh, maybe a little bit of a, Hey, let's not, um, let's not, let's, let's, let's slow roll this because I also know a lot of people who are like, well, I want to buy a property and they just want to buy a property for the sake of buying a property. And it's like, that's not always the best option. Sometimes you have to do your due diligence and all that good stuff, but sometimes slow rolling yourself is also a good thing. And I think taking a look at it in uh, in more of a micro view of the, of, of time of like, Hey, what's happened just recently and what, what's the prospectus look like over, you know, the next couple of months. And, you know, we're recording this in early December. So moving into the, uh, to the next, the new year and the next uh, quarter, what what are you what what do you guys see in there that you your team and, and people have been uh, looking at a lot closer than some of us who you know don't have the not only the knowledge base but just the frankly the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've actually got some great data that's hot off the press. Um, but going back a little, I mean, if you if you back up a year, 
nearly every economist thought that by now we'd be in a recession. So the initial forecast yep. for 2023 was going to be a 0.2% growth for 2023 for GDP, right? That was revised in January to a half half a point to 0.5%, uh, further revised in May, uh, adjusted up to 1.1%. The current forecast sits for this year at about 2.4%. And the Q3 numbers just came out. Q3 was one of the strongest quarters ever at, at a 5.2 year-over-year GDP growth. I mean, it was a monster quarter. Even with interest rates super high, uh, you know, corporate earnings are up. Um, Consumer spending is up, and that's showing signs of slowing down. It's showing consumers are starting to show fatigue. Um, <clears throat> the the high interest rates are having their effect on on uh, you know the slowdown of job openings, which is what the Fed wants to see. But uh, you know, it really does look like we're going to achieve this this soft landing. We may have talked about this uh, last quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it does yeah. it does look like we're going to achieve this sort of soft landing effect uh, that the Fed was looking for. Another thing we're, that we're, tra- we're tracking is uh, job openings versus job seekers. That gap peaked uh, after the pandemic at about six million. That's sort of what c- caused a, a crazy labor shortage and rising. You, know, you get uh, spiral wage wage inflation, right? Um, that has now decreased to two point two million. Um, the labor participation rate is still down from its pre-pandemic high. However, the age cohort between ages 2025 and 54, uh, sorry, the age, ages 25 to 54 years old are near peak levels. So in the, the prime earning years of, of people's lives, those wage, uh, job participants are near peak levels. So very strong job per- participation. Uh, that gap is coming down, which is, which is great. That means that there's, uh, there's less of a supply-demand imbalance for, for labor. And, you know, real estate runs on, on people, right? I mean, it doesn't matter what asset class you're in, whether you're buying single-family homes, multifamily, self-storage. It's like when people make money, they buy real estate and stuff, and that fuels, that fuels the economy, right? So um, you kind of have to follow macro to understand what drives these, these little local markets. So mm-hmm. um, the last rate increase was in July. Uh, the Fed funds rate is sitting between 5.25 and 5.5 now. Uh, the, the general consensus is that, that the Fed is going to hold this for about as long as they can. Uh, from everything we're looking at, you know, there's a few people that think interest rates could po- uh, go possibly higher in 2024. But looking at about May of 2024 is when rates um, will likely stay flat or uh, decrease by 25 to 50 basis points. It's 0.25% to to a half a percent. Mm -hmm. Um, Unless the economy really starts showing some signs of a a true recession, uh, I personally think that they're going to hold rates steady all the way through 2024. Now, what does this mean for know, the, the average pilot. Well, if you're looking to buy a house, um, <clears throat> if you follow our podcast, we released an episode last week where I, I broke down an Airbnb that we bought in Reno. I think it's a fantastic time to buy because rates are up, competition is much less, even though, you know, we haven't seen much movement on price, which is what everybody was waiting for. Everybody was like, and say, oh, I'm going to wait for the crash. I'm going to wait for the crash. And we've been saying for years, I think I said this on the last quarter, 
it's not coming because there's a lack of supply. There's not only a lack of supply because we've been building, we haven't built enough real estate in the last decade, uh, and that is changing. Um, you know, construction activity has been markedly up in the last few years, which is a good thing. You yeah. know, I mean, politicians are throwing everything at the wall that they possibly can to create affordable housing, but you know, it all comes down to supply and demand. If you want prices to come down, instead of offering incentives and you know, doing tax abatements and all these things, it's like, just make it easier to build. That's all you have to do. We need more housing. So um, there's one side of the supply limitation is pure physical lack of supply. The other is the rate lock effect, right? If you have a 3% interest rate, Adam, what would make you want to sell and go buy a house at a 7% interest rate? Not much. Almost nothing. Almost nothing, right? Yeah. So the only people that are selling in this market are developers or people that have finally just run out of railroad track and they're they're they can't wait any longer. They took a new job, they're moving yeah. town. So yeah, you know, they have to sell. So inventory is just ex- excruciatingly tight. It's getting a little better, but it's still excruciatingly tight because of that that rate lock effect. And so we're not seeing much movement on on price. But, you know, the house that we ended up buying in Reno, it sat on the market for 30 days. Uh, and that's just a function of, of uh, you know, there aren't as many buyers in the market. It's very expensive to get debt right now. And the market mm-hmm. has cooled significantly. You know, would we have, um, you know, we didn't get it for a whole lot less than we would have last year. But, you know, it took me 30 days to, you know, jump on the MLS and see it. And it would have been gone in 24 hours in, you know, the peak of 2022. So there's a lot more, you know, buyers can can go out there and find deals just with less competition. So that's kind of what's happening in the single family home market. And I always say, hey, you, you date the rate and you marry the property. So we, we got a loan for that place at 7%. We'll just refinance it later. So I, I don't think it's a, a bad time to buy. Um I actually think that it's, it's a great time to buy. And, and if you find a great deal, um, you know, it, it can make sense. Um, you know, when interest rates come back down, prices oh, are going to take off again. And, and uh, the housing yeah. market is going to heat up again, which is another reason why you know, there was that article um, that's been floating around saying the Fed is going to cut rates six times next year. And it was funny. I, I did some research. Every one of those articles points back to the same source. It was a guy did Matthew Fox or something like that, that wrote this. And it, this article traded up the news chain. It got a ton of traction. But, um, you know, if you listen to the, the professionals and the economists, you know, that's pretty unlikely until unless something um, that is unforeseen happens and, and we run into some sort of a recession. So let me stop there and see if you have, have any questions. That's sort of the single-family home market, and then I can certainly talk to multifamily and, and some other asset classes well, and commercial that we're bullish yeah, well, on. Before you go any further, obviously, everybody out there, uh, uh, Tate and I are not personal financial consultants. Yes, we do not give uh, any retail investment or otherwise advice. Please contact your personal financial consultant. Do your own due diligence. Absolutely. And remember, we're just pilots BSing about uh, the market and the fact that one of us is the founder of a wonderful business that helps you invest your money, um, but uh, does not guarantee that you're, you can and will lose money if you invest uh, incorrectly. Very so true. just remember that. Um, so 
I, I think my big question uh, and what I've been kind of bouncing around in my head is so okay. Well, well, let's talk about multifamily and and more of the uh, investment in uh, investment property side of it. Not only purchasing yourself, but also getting involved in in a uh, a fund group like Turbine Capital or other. There's other uh, investment funds out there, which Absolutely. I think um, people look at. Uh, I've I've coached up some friends to take a look at Turbine Cap, and they have. Um, because your barrier to entry is significantly less and you are dealing with somebody who knows what your background, who you are, um, and gives you the opportunity for what we've discussed uh, before, uh, velocity of money earlier in your career than you would otherwise uh, normally have the opportunity to to get into. And that is something I, I encourage you guys and gals out there who are interested in doing this uh, or who, who are looking for an alternative style of investing uh, to go listen to the Passive Income Pilot podcast, to go to Turbine Cap, do your research because I've I've done a lot of it and I can't find a place that I feel more comfortable in not only putting my money but also uh, in the transparency that you guys offer. Thanks, there is no, and we've said this how many times, Tate, this is not a get-rich-quick scheme. This is a, uh, a get-wealth-slowly deal. Exactly. Um, I have no plans on on seeing this money come back to me next year tenfold. That's not what I want. I want to look at it when I'm in my mid fifties to be able to go, Hey, I have capital. Now I can deploy to set me up for when I no longer have an income or when I decide that the airline lifestyle is, uh, is no longer for me and I want to retire. Yeah. So, and just to be clear, you know, this isn't, yeah. you know, a, a group of pilots at turbine turbine cap. It's uh, you know, we have a very sophisticated board. We have an investment review committee. This is uh, you know, we're, we, we, the benefit of what we do is we get to pool uh, a bunch of investors together and be better off as a group than we would alone. And we can get the smartest yeah. people in the room to, you know, find and vet deals and try and, and position ourselves, um, you know, to take advantage of tailwinds uh, in the macroeconomic perspective and narrow down into to local markets that we really want to participate and, and asset classes that we think uh, are going to be part, are going to perform well. At the end of the day, though, we we offer you know specific. Uh, if you're on our investor club, if you're if you're in our investor club, uh, you'll see the deals that that we bring to to market. We do about a half a dozen per year. Uh, we don't select any of that for you. Again, we don't offer any tax legal legal or investment advice. But if it makes it to our platform, it's been very thoroughly vetted, and then it's your prerogative whether you want to participate in any any specific deal or not. Um, I'm just sort of sharing some some general overarching economic uh, sort of news with you uh, that we've pulled from from various sources that I think is interesting just to sort of give perspective on where we are yeah. in the uh, in the economy in the housing market. Yeah. So um, let's let's go a personal example then, because I think um, just talking with a couple of folks just out on the line, stuff like that. And I think this also kind of parlays into what you're what you guys do, not only at Determine, but what you know inside and out better than I do because you've lived it uh, earlier in your life than I ever mm -hmm. did. So we and something that we talked about um, offline was I had a uh, I have a rental property that's underperforming. Um, trying to work it to trying different tactics, some strategy to to change that. Um, and I've had some offers, um, or at least uh, to open the conversation on offers to buy the property. And you flat out told me, you're like, I don't think, I don't think you should sell it. Yeah. I think you should hang on to it. I think I wish I would have hung on to some of my stuff. Um, 
and I think this, I think you, you kind of got to weather the storm a little bit. And if you're getting, even if you're taking a little bit of a loss right now, it don't, it's not necessarily a panic sell because we talked about that because I, I laid out my strategy and I think you thought it was fairly sound. But for those of us in that situation who, who maybe have an investment property or two um, and have tried a couple different strategies, um, suggestions on, ways to open up your aperture and maybe take a different look because for instance, and I'll, I'll share my story a little bit where we have, uh, we were doing travel nursing, which was obviously huge with the pandemic. And it's not so much that the market's cooled on that. It's actually stayed fairly robust, but what the, what a travel nurse was looking for is different than what they're looking for. Now they, they, they wanted to live with their uh, friend. They wanted to have a multi, um, a multi, room situation so a two bedroom with two nurses or more now a lot of them are looking for a one bedroom one bath uh small very as cheap as they can get so they can deploy i use the big words so they have extra cash in their pocket with their stipend is what they want and they were doing that through the two bedroom uh, opportunity we had before but now they want their own place so we've kind of uh they've shifted their interest and it's hard you can't make a two bedroom into a one bedroom very easily or very cheaply unless uh, unless you just want to uh, knock a wall down and make a nice big one bedroom place, which is the rent still going to be, uh, you're not going to, your, your income level is going to drop. Yeah. So in, in the case of opening your aperture and re re strategizing uh, for the future, just suggestions on that. And I think that can open up to also um, other ways to, if, if you have capital laying on the sideline that you want to go play with, uh, ideas for what you can do with that. Again, no, uh, no legal financial yeah, sure. or tax advice. Uh, just, uh, just two pilots. So, uh, so yeah. when you say, uh, you know, I think you hit hit the nail on the head here, Adam. Which is, you know, real estate is not passive. So, you know, what we do is real estate syndication. We we invest passively, or we provide passive opportunities to investors so that they can participate in the real estate space in a project that's managed by professionals. This is what they do day in and day out. And to be clear, we are not the ones who are operating, you know, the various, you know, we have a storage opportunity open right now. Uh, it's, uh, you know, three, three large self-storage uh, facilities. We're doing heavy value add or, or ground up construction on those. We're not the ones that are operating that. It's being op- operated by our, our partner, who has a, uh, a team who's been in business for nearly a decade and they're, they're you know, extremely well, and have got 150 employees, extremely well capitalized, and this is all they do day in and day out is, is storage. And so you can sort of, you know, instead of having to fly the plane yourself, uh, I use this analogy all the time, instead of going flying a Cessna on the weekend, it's like you can just buy a, a ticket on Delta, right? And just be a passenger. And in many ways, you reduce, reduce your risk profile. You also, you know, let go of control. And that could be a good thing or a bad thing. So, you know, um, some investors want to own their, their own physical real estate. I, I always say that, you know, what we do does not replace going out and buying your own rental properties like you did, uh, Adam, and you, you still have it. And I told you, you know, I'd, I'd hang on to it. But it's a great way to scale real estate. You know, what attracts people to real estate is, Passive income, tax benefits, and cash flow. Uh, sorry, well, passive income and cash flow are kind of the same, right? Uh, the appreciation, the long-term appreciation, the uh, the cash flow, the tax benefits, uh, amortization, loan paydown. Um, yeah, you add all those things together, 
and it creates a very powerful wealth building vehicle. Um, and the, the issue is it's not like a stock. You can't just buy it and ignore it. So your pain point right there is why I transitioned mm-hmm. to all too passive many, many years ago because I have a, you know, a multifamily property that sounds just like this. It's in South Carolina. It's a lot of time zones away. I don't have the time or the desire to fly out, um, you know, spend an entire day getting there, uh, renting a hotel and, you know, putting in the work that really needs to be done to optimize that thing. Do I want to sell it? Not necessarily. That will trigger a capital gain event. I would rather, you know, work slowly to try and, and <clears throat> optimize the property and, uh, and then re-leverage. So as soon as, you know, inevitably, excuse me, inevitably over time, it increases in value. And that means that you have more equity and you can re-leverage it and pull out cash and do something with that. So that's what I think what, what we were talking about was saying, hey, you know, mm-hmm. why dump this thing? See if you can optimize it. But, you know, this is, this is what you got to do is, is when you own real estate, you got to pay attention to it. You, you got to, you know, there's, there's property management and asset management, you know, property management is collecting rents, kicking tenants out, um, you know, dealing with maintenance requests and things like that. Asset managing is deciding, okay, what are we going to do with this? How are we going to market it? Are we going to knock a wall down or, uh, do we want to refinance it? Uh, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. So uh, if, if you're, if you have a rental property that, that you, you know, is underperforming. I think I think the best course of action is to pay attention to it and learn. You know, uh, pop open the Bigger Pockets podcast and start listening to to stuff. You were mentioning something before before the show, Adam. Uh, what was it called? Renovision. Uh, if you want to do mm-hmm. your own stuff, I don't recommend that. If you want to, uh, you know, yeah. I, I'd say pick up a, uh, an extra trip. Uh, sorry, Renovision. Just to clarify, is this uh, DIY? Yeah, Here, I'll cool. Let you, you, you plug yeah. it. I, yeah, so never ever do I. I have not. A, I have no talent for renovating a thing. Um, however, uh, with more time on my hands, being retired from the military, I was like, you know, tackling a, a couple projects around the house is is a different story. And seeing the finished product and you did it, it, it gives you a little bit of sense. It, it it can it can be fun. It can give you a sense of accomplishment. And some stuff is actually quite enjoyable. Um, there's certain things that are not enjoyable in my uh, in my book. And sometimes it's just, it's, it's, it's a project that you don't have. I once heard this from a very good friend of mine. And, uh, he said, if, uh, if, if you're going to do it yourself, understand that, uh, you're going to spend, um, slightly less money, uh, probably more than you think you're going to spend, um, but probably not as much as a contractor. You're going to spend 10 times or more the time to do the project. Well, and remember your pay rate. Right. So, Adam, I, I'm not yeah, going to ask yeah. you on camera, but, you know, your pay rate yeah. at Delta, figure out the the after tax, you know, take home of that. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's essentially what you're paying yourself. So, um, you know, go. Yeah. I know we yeah. all hate picking up an extra trip for straight pay. Uh, I don't know if I'm the only one like that, but, you know, it might be worth picking up a trip, even if it's for straight pay you know, and, and just paying somebody else. To yeah. Yeah, I think what you you make a, a fair point there. I think the other thing um, is, and this is what he alluded to, and he said, so you can pick when you do pick a contractor. If you do pick a contractor, uh, you can pick. Uh, there's three things when with any renovation, and and this goes for investment property or, or otherwise. It's you can have it done well, you can have it done fast, or you can have it done cheap. Pick two. 
or inexpensively and you pick yeah. two and 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 i would i would argue that nowadays it's you can pick yeah, one that's fair. and that's it yeah so because uh it, but but the 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 bottom line to this is i i couldn't agree more with um having to get educated and then re-strategizing to optimize a property and also understanding that oh and by the way uh rental vision for those out there who are diy people or or getting into that business of wanting to do stuff yourself um is a fantastic YouTube channel uh, by a gentleman up in um, Canada. It's honestly, I have watched a lot of different YouTube stuff out there about random or just DIY. This guy has it nailed down and his, he has, I, it's gotta be over a thousand videos and some of them are hours long where they do a whole DIY and they in real time and they show it. Um, so real cool, worthwhile, uh, maybe we'll link it in the show notes just because it's worth uh, it's worth a watch if you're in that world. However, I have done in my own uh, partially some of my own renovating of a rental property and realized that in the renovation world in real estate investment, um, it is it behooves you to move very quickly. So uh, getting somebody else in and having a team to built around you to be able to get in and knock something out quickly is more beneficial than doing it yourself. First time, go give it a try. It's worth it. You should do some, you should do some of the elbow grease work yourself just to understand uh, some of the pain points. And also then you can, you'll have a knowledge base to be able to see, Hey, is this contractor trying to take me for a ride? And you can find good contractors that way by knowing a little bit about uh, your own capabilities as a DIYer. Um, Furthermore, though, is when we get into that idea of buying your own rental property and being on top of the game, which sometimes I lack that a little bit, is looking at a passive income opportunity that's out there and understanding that it may cost you more upfront or it may feel like it's more upfront cost. You are you are essentially putting in a you're you're attaching a dollar value to time value. Uh, and that's that whole TVM time value money thing that airline pilots love to talk about. And it goes for everything. So that's why I wanted to get in, involved in that. So I look at this as, okay, you know what? Kind of keep what you got and optimize what yeah. you got. But I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I have a plan to go out and uh, scale into, you know, 50, a hundred properties or doors and, and have my own real estate empire because that would, no matter how, no matter how much property management I would have in place, just like you said, Tate, I have to asset manage that. And that becomes in and of itself a full-time it job to know that, and that was, hey, I've got 10 pr properties that aren't performing. I got I to gotta figure out how to optimize yeah, these things. Yeah, and that was my plan, you know, before I discovered passive in investing all those years ago because – my, I, I didn't know any better, and so I was I was I wanted to buy you know fifty hundred unit apartment complexes, but um, you know once I found the passive investing space, it's you know it's great because you can diversify across a bunch of different asset classes, a bunch of different geographies, and again you you don't have to scale your headaches concurrently with your your portfolio. But in any case, uh, I do have some additional notes uh on economics if you'd like to close with that adam yeah yeah let's fire those up and then uh and then make sure everybody knows how they can go go find you because absolutely uh i think the words i think the word's starting to uh, spread because I, so. I i know i i just talked i just talked to a friend yesterday about uh about turbine so we it, the word is spreading yeah, it's exciting it's exciting it's nice to be able to help people you know 
uh, we're, we're, we're always so stock market heavy as airline pilots. So uh, mm-hmm. anyway, we can, yeah. we can help to diversify. But in terms of the, the, the broader economy, there's really, we're, we're looking at this situation where we've got headwinds and tailwinds right now uh, that are competing for, for you know, the upper hand. Uh, on, in terms of headwind, uh, core PCE inflation, which is the, the producer um, side of the coin, is still at 3.5%. The Fed wants it at 2 That's a reason to keep rates high. The uh, yield curve inversion, yield curve has been inverted for 18 months now, still no recession. And of course, that's you know, due to, uh, you know, you pump so many trillions of dollars into the economy um, and uh, it creates a bit of an anti-gravity effect. But that, that yield curve has been inverted for 18 months now, uh, blinking at least a, a, a yellow caution light. We've got uh, quantitative tightening. You know, the Fed is, is um, reducing the money supply and, and holding mm-hmm. interest rates high. There is banking sector risk. Uh, business and personal debt are at all-time highs. However, uh, earnings are, are through the roof as well. So that sort of balances out. There's the geopolitical risk, you know, what's, what's happening in, in Israel and Ukraine, and, and uh, you know, who knows what, what will happen with uh, China in the future. Government shutdown and funding risks. So those are sort of the headwinds that we're seeing entering 2024. Uh, the tailwinds, though, job creation is still strong at over $200,000 uh, Sorry, 200, a month. 200,000 jobs are being created per month still. Uh, the unemployment rate is still very low at 3.9%. Uh, inflation uh, adjusted retail sales. Inflation adjusted retail sales growth is still uh it's slowing, but we're still positive at uh, 0.2% year over year. Corporate po- profits are stable. We've got wage growth uh, that has increased 4.1% year over year. We talked about the labor participation rate earlier. So, um, you know, the fundamentals, and this is what we've been talking about for a long time, is that fundamentals are still very, very strong. Um, you know, people are making money. Uh, Corporate profits are, are doing very well while things are slowing, and we do expect to see continued slowdown into 2024. Uh, we really think that uh, 2024 will be the year where the buying opportunities in the in the real estate sector, um, and of course there there are a lot of nuances within the the broader statement, right? You know, many many different asset classes that you can invest in. You know, office we wouldn't want to touch. But there are a lot of asset classes like multifamily, mobile home parks, uh, even energy that we're super bullish on. And I think 2024 is going to be just an incredible buying year. Well, there you have it, folks. That comes from the mastermind behind Turbine Capital. Where can people find you, Tate, so they can reach out and, uh, and pick your brain uh, and those of the experts you have surrounded uh, in, your sp- in your sphere? Well, uh you can always go to our website, TurbineCap.com. Uh, if you'd like to get on our investor club, you can simply click invest with us or go to TurbineCap.com. Um, well, better, I don't know the URL slug. So like, TurbineCap.com um, and click invest with us. That'll, that'll uh, allow you to jump on our investor club. That'll, that'll just be our monthly newsletter. And when we, when we find deals to put out to our investors, uh, it goes out there. We also have a podcast that has been very well received. We launched it last April and uh, people seem to be loving it. So it's called, it's called Passive Income Pilots. We're on every platform. You can check that out. Uh, you can also reach out to me directly at Tate, T-A-I-T, at TurbineCap.com. There you have it, folks. Hit them up. 
he's uh, he's my uh, my guru, one a guy I go to for uh, a lot of, for all this stuff. Just try to and, hang uh, out with people he, smarter than me, Adam. That's all. Yeah, yeah, okay, good. No, I like that. that. I'll take that. That'll that'll boost my ego for the rest of the day. Uh, that's something I need around <laughs> here uh, right now, in the middle of this uh, DIY that I'm failing at. Um, but uh, let's uh, uh, also uh, have a uh, have a Merry Christmas and uh, Happy Holidays out there in sunny Honolulu to uh, celebrate uh, the uh, Hawaiian Christmas style. Definitely will. We'll, uh, and uh, we'll deal with we're them. gearing up for TPNX uh, next year. I'm sure. Oh, I'm yeah. sure we'll talk about this uh, sometime in Q3, right before the conference. But uh, we'll see you at TPNX yep. uh, otherwise. Yeah, for sure, dude. Uh, well, everybody, remember keep the shiny side up and the greasy side down. Fly safe. Yes, yes, yes.